So we've come together to show our respects for the monk who ordained us, for our teacher, and those who we have studied with, those who have practiced well. And we gather together like this uh, for to bring about benefit. So we sit in meditation, and we can do this throughout the entire night, to not sleep, just do sitting meditation, walking meditation. We train like this for the purpose of being bringing about inner strength. And uh, for those people who have practiced like this uh, before, the monks who have come from different provinces uh, all over the country, um, have come together and many have taken up this practice, have done this before. When we do this, what we're doing is we're offering our practice as a homage uh, to Mapucha, to Venerable Ajahn Chah. And he got this practice um, from when he went to study with Lumpur Man and Lumpur Man's disciples. And this tradition, this forest tradition, it, uh, it gets its roots uh, from Venerable Mahakasapa, who was the foremost of the Buddha's disciples in the ascetic practices. And in the Mahayana tradition, they have great respect for two of the Buddha's disciples in particular, Venerable Mahakasapa and Venerable Ananda. And uh, it was these two monks who helped, who were very important in maintaining the Buddha's dispensation after the Buddha passed into final Nibbana. The Venerable Ananda was very well studied and was a very good teacher, and he had memorized all of the Buddha's teachings. And then there was the monk who the Buddha gave his own Sangati, his outer robe, to. This was Venerable Mahakasapa, who uh, took up these ascetic practices, and these have been passed down and inherited by Venerable Lumpuman, Lumpucha, and all of the forest monks in this tradition. So no matter where forest monks go and stay, even if they're staying in a city, they take up these practices, they still maintain them. And we practice, we meditate for the sake of bringing about um, a development in our hearts, of making them better, making them higher. So we may have studied into Dhamma, into the suttas, into the Vinaya, um, or the monastic rules, the Padimokha, and gained a certain knowledge from this. And there's also the Dharma examinations that the monks here take, who have studied to the first, second, or third level of those. And some monks also study Pali, which is uh, the language that the Buddha used himself to teach. And in India, at the time of the Buddha, many people used that language. Even though there were a huge number of different languages or dialects spoken during that time, there were over a hundred. Uh, in Savati and Rajagir, uh, Pali was uh, used in those places and understood outside of those places as well. And now it's become the language of the scriptures. So those monks who study this, they're able to translate that. And they can understand the teachings of the Buddha in this original language and then take those and uh, teach other people. And this can give rise to a lot of faith. When we have this faith already established, we should take that and practice. 
So we have studied in the Vinaya, we've studied in the ways of practice, and we use those, we we put those uh, into practice. And that was especially, or especially um, so in Lumpur Cha's teachings, uh, what he would emphasize would be restrained, to be cautious, and to always be training our minds. And sometimes, if it was on a lunar observance days, or on an occasion where many monks gathered together from different places, a katina, for example, the monastics would take up this practice of not sleeping throughout the whole night. There would be dharma talks throughout the night, and the monks would sit in the dharma hall and would fill up the dharma hall, along with the lay people there as well, all listening to the dharma. And the lay people who came, they got the feeling that if the monks there could sit the whole night, then they would be able to do it too. And so that's what they did. Uh, but now the monks who study directly under Lumpucha, most of them are already quite old. Uh, most are over the age of 60. And they've used their bodies a lot already in their practice when they were younger monks. They used to have a lot of energy, but that has gradually deteriorated. And those who are still able to sit up all night are very few, uh, because their bodies just don't support that kind of practice anymore. Uh, but we're fortunate to have monks or abbots from different branch monasteries uh, who are still quite young, maybe 40 years old, and both their bodies and their hearts have a lot of energy uh, to them. And they can lead in this practice. So when many monks gather together like this, uh, when we can practice all night, just like what happened last night, can sit for four hours or five hours, and this is something that we are able to do. If we bring up the powers of our mindfulness, then we won't be sleepy, but rather can sit in meditation in a state of samadhi, with joy coming up, and this joy helps to nourish our hearts. And if we can do this, it shows we're gaining the results of our practice. And so these monks who have trained for 10 years, 20 years already, they do have this inner strength to them. They have gotten this benefit. And they become very important individuals in the Buddha's dispensation to maintain this religion. And they become a source of faith for other people. So when we have these important occasions, a katina, a great teacher's birthday, or the day that we gather together at Nombapong to recollect and uh, practice and homage of Venerable Lumpur Cha, and we take up this practice of Nesachik, of not sleeping throughout the whole night. And some monks, they travel the entire day to get there, but they have this intention in them to stay up. They have this inner strength, this energy of heart. And it's just like all the other ascetic practices that we take up, like just eating out of our bowls or eating one time a day, that if we've never done them before, then they're very difficult. But when we take them up regularly, they just become something normal. And so it's the same with this practice of staying up all night, that if we've done it before, then we can do it. But if we have never done it, then it's something really heavy. 
There's a Mahayana monastery in the United States, and there they teach uh, that when monks, uh, nuns, or novices reach a certain age, then they should take up this practice of not sleeping at night uh, for the rest of their lives. During the day, they study the scriptures, they do their duties, um, they recite mantras, and at night, they sit all night. And the abbot of this monastery is a very strong, a very skilled abbot. And uh, he came from China, and his own uh, teacher, he was, when he was very old, uh, was beaten with some poles. And even though he was beaten severely, he still didn't die. That was because his mind could go into jhana, into these absorptions. And so his body didn't die. And this monk, um, even though he was a hundred years old, he was still able to uh, sit up all night, every night. His body wasn't fat, it was quite skinny, and he was practicing very strictly. And so for us, just staying up for one day and one night, this is something that we can do. Two nights or three nights, we're able to do this. Because there are these people who, they stay up every night for their entire lives. And even though during the day you have different uh, work, and also have to, they also have to chant as well, but they have this strength, this energy of heart uh, to practice in this way. So when we can raise up our minds like this, raise up our energy like this, it shows that we're gaining the results from our practice. And when we are in this meditation tradition like we are, then we need to meditate. We need to really put in our efforts to gain more energy than normal people. To have this energy of faith, the energy of persistence. And through doing this practice of sitting up all night, um, that increases our energy more than what normally happens. Because the body is able to adjust, able to fight with the painful feelings that come up. This also helps to raise up the energy of our mindfulness as well, more than what normally happens. Because when we rest um, every day, when we go to sleep at night, um, we're still able to maintain some mindfulness. But when we stay up all night, we really have to struggle with that. And this is useful practice and preparation for when we become ill. Because during those times, if we get cancer, for example, there's a lot of physical pain. And usually people then take much medication to try to relieve that pain, morphine, for example. But this also has the impact, an impact on the mind of making the mind very dull, um, very blurry. And so the body is in a dull state and the mind is in a dull state as well. But when we've trained in fighting against these painful feelings uh, through staying up all night, and we're able to pass over them, then the body is able to produce a certain medicine by itself. There are uh, certain substances that the body can produce uh, to help relieve this pain. And it's like the body has its own kind of morphine that we learn how to produce and to release. And then when we meet with illness, uh, 
we won't need to depend so much upon external medicines because the body will be producing its own internal medicine. So this is what happens when we do raise up our energies of heart, that we don't have to depend upon external medicine only, because if we do this, um, then the mind can be in a very confused state. So there's not only um, the medicine, the external medicine not only has this kind of dull effect on the body, but also works to confuse our minds. So we have this opportunity now that the lay people have come to offer us the four requisites, and uh, we should use this well. We should all recollect the goodness of the Buddha and the kindness of the laity, that they've come to support the Buddhasasana in this way through uh, all the offerings that they give. And what they do this for is uh, to give us energy to practice, that we eat the food that they offer and that gives us physical energy and we use that. So they can they give us uh, clothing so we can stay warm, we can stay healthy. They give us medicine to ward off illness. They give us places that we can rest in so that we're at ease. And we're able to live because of these things. So when we gain this ease, this energy, then we use that to practice. And a special gift uh, that the laity give to a monastery is that of an oppositor hall, an ordination hall. So like this one here, it's able to fit uh, over a hundred monks. And when monks come together like this and fill up the monastic platform, and this really gives great value to this building. That if we build this place and no one practices in it, it still has value, but it's not much. But when it's monks, when monks come to practice, especially they practice sincerely like this, when they chant, when they sit in meditation, um, when the hall is filled up in this way, then we use it in a way that gives great benefits, that gives it value. And the laity, they get a part of the merit that's produced as well. So the Buddha taught that uh, when we bring up, uh, or we should raise up our efforts for the purpose of our own benefit and for that of the laity as well, that the Buddha is there right in front of us. And when we really practice, then we're getting closer and closer to the Buddha. We're getting closer to be able to see the Buddha. So when we don't sleep, we practice all night, we do this as an offering to the fully self-awakened Buddha. So the laity, they give their offerings through these four requisites, and the monks offer up their energy um, and recollect the goodness of the Buddha and do this for one day and one night to really struggle against the difficulties, uh, to bring up the internal energy. You can also recollect the great, or the disciples of the Buddhas, the, the Savakas, such as Lumpucha, Lumpuman, and uh, Venerable Mahakasapa, and all of those who have practiced sincerely until their hearts have attained to the Dhamma, those who have abandoned all of the mental defilements those who have reached uh, the plane 
of the Arahants. And one of these was Venerable Subhata, who was the last monastic to become awakened during the life of the Buddha. And he put in his effort all through the night, because he knew that this was the last night that the Buddha would be alive, and that he was going to pass away soon. And he was able to attain to the four paths, the four fruits, and Nibbana, able to see the Dhamma in that night. As he was practicing, he looked up at the sky and noticed a cloud pass in front of the moon, and he saw how that cloud obscured the radiance of the moon. And then he took this contemplation internally and saw how the aramanas, the sense impressions, they pass over the mind, and they make the mind dull. And through this, he was able to attain to arahantship, all the stages of awakening, the sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami, and Arahants, they all came together at one point. The four paths, the four fruits, and one Nibbana, they all arose for him. And this was during the last night uh, before the Buddha passed into final Nibbana. He was able to attain to the Dhamma because he didn't sleep that night, and his mind wasn't sleeping either. He had also made this determination to be the last disciple of the Buddha. And so for us, um, we need to practice well. We need to try to practice strictly to raise up our energies uh, for benefit, for the, our own benefit, for the benefits of the laity or for the benefit of both. And really, when we practice, everyone gains from this. Uh, so I ask uh, for all of you to really be sincere in this practice of the Dhamma. And by doing this, you become very important individuals in this Buddha's dispensation. And the laity can also become people who others rely upon as well. So when the monks gather together like this, and we practice, and what we practice for is for the sake of Nibbana. So we've studied already, we know the suttas, and uh, we need to come and put those teachings into practice to give rise to benefit within the heart, to raise up the level of our hearts to make them better. So I give my anamodana to the laity to have come here, and uh, you should all practice following the footsteps of the monks who are practicing, and uh, meditate in line with your energy as well. <laughs>